hello, everybody. This is Jacqueline Kitzman, um, and this is the Awaken Tarot podcast, and you know that because you clicked on it, so that's on you. Uh, today, I have a guest with me, and you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi. <laughs> my name's hi. Bailey. Just hi. My name's Bailey. I listened to the podcast, and that's how I got to know Jacqueline was because one day I decided I was going to harass her with questions, and I honestly didn't think that she would reply or that she would reply so kindly and so openly if she did reply. <laughs> and I like preface, not because you're a mean person, but just because like, she looks like a mega bitch. <laughs> I was all just like, mm, she definitely is the rudest person alive. No, it's just because this is your job. And I wanted to respect that, like respect that you like people pay you to be a part of the Patreon and, and which I since have signed up for the Patreon. I was going to say, but you literally do that. <laughs> I know. But I, when I messaged you, I wasn't part of the Patreon because like, I, um, I signed, I, when I signed up for the Patreon, it was after talking to you and like realizing it's like, wow, that has got to be the most valuable set of information for people learning tarot. And let me tell you, if you've been thinking about signing up for the Patreon, oh. just do it. Cause there really is so much value in there. So You're I'm so going to promote you so you don't have to Jacqueline. Cause it the Patreon is really a, such a great place to be. You're so nice. I, and that's great to hear. I constantly feel like I don't do enough for Patreon. <laughs> I need to do more. Um, but that, no, thank you. That is very sweet. And I like, I promise y'all I'm not a beggar bitch. I love harassing questions about tarot. I love answering questions about tarot. You definitely do not have to be on my Patreon to ask me questions about tarot. I will answer them because I, it's my hyper fixation. It's my, she, special, I, it's my special interest. <laughs> I sent her this whole message. I can't remember what my question was, but the message was just like, basically me being like, I don't mean to like intrude or like be rude. Like, I know this is your job and you're, you're so good at it. But if I maybe could just ask this little tiny question, cause I was just like, I didn't want to be rude and disrespectful. And then Jacqueline came on and was like, I will answer your question tenfold and I will give you all of this information. And it was nice too, because, um, I've, I've been reading tarot for about a year and you obviously, if you read tarot, you know, you kind of go through phases where it's like really into it. And then phases where if you're me, you just get frustrated because it's not making sense. So then I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this at all. And I kind of throw a little fit. But it really like talking to Jacqueline really like ignited my passion for tarot again. And then it's kept me like cruising through that passion. And, and it's been it's been really grounding and really nice to have that. So thank you, Jacqueline. You're fantastic. I, I only brought you on to get compliments. You can leave now. <laughs> Bye. No, that is, you're so sweet. That's so nice. I am literally, there is, and I mean this, like there is no higher compliment to me than people using, being able to use anything that I have to say to help them with tarot. I, I've said this before, I'll say it again, tarot saved my life. Like it was so good for my mental health. It was so good for helping me work through things and giving me an outlet to deal with things. And so like anytime that, uh, and just the fact that it does that maybe for other people is like, <clears throat> that was a cough. Gabe, edit that out. Uh, it's just amazing. And it makes me feel very happy. He's not going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you've been reading tarot for over a year. Bailey, do you want to really quick before we dive into it? Can you tell us what you do with tarot? Because you do something pretty cool with tarot. Yeah. You have your own um, tarot biz. Yeah, I do. I I have a really small, really low key little tarot biz where I, one day, um, I was kind of just like, let me, let me see if I can read tarot for my cats. Um, which is obviously a sticky thing because any, anybody who reads tarot or just knows a lot about tarot knows that you never want to like read for someone without their consent. 
that's just like very uncool. And you probably won't really get what you're looking for. At least that's my belief with tarot is that like the energy that you're picking up on and reading for needs needs to allow you to do that. Um, and so I was kind of nervous, but I was like, I have a cat who just um, is quite a, quite, quite a mental mystery. And so I was like, I'm going to try to read for her and figure out what's going on. And I did a spread and I really did feel like I connected to her. And so then I did one for my other two cats. I have three cats and um, same thing. I really felt like I connected to them and I learned a lot of valuable information. And so then I just was like, I swear to this is not like me, like to make a decision and then move forward with that decision. I'm very analytical. Um, I'm a Virgo. I have to weigh every single possibility that could happen. And then I never end up making the decision. But like, I swear to God, just something came over to, over me. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read tarot for pets. And I also, I work in animal welfare. And like one the biggest, I, well, I shouldn't say the biggest, one of the biggest eye-opening things about animal welfare that I've learned is how financials play into it like it's ridiculous how much money like the people who work in animal welfare need not only for the animals which is where i would say 95 percent of all costs in animal welfare go um is to the animals but also god those people need to pay themselves like it is hard work it is mentally draining and so um i decided that i would start reading tarot for pets and then donate 80 percent of what i make to animals in need and so that's kind of the main reason i keep doing it um, it's because it gives me an opportunity thing. to donate. What? That is the coolest thing. Sorry, I'm oh. asthma coughing over here, and I'm not trying to be rude. I literally. No, you're okay. I, I felt bad. I was like, I'm cutting her off. Oh no. <laughs> no, no, no! I literally told Bailey before we started. I said I'm allergic to fall, so uh, it's hard for me. I'm like, I'm dipping into my inhaler over here. But no, like Bailey, like I did not know that you donated so much of that to animal. That is amazing. Yeah, you're it's like a little animal saint. I well, I I don't know about that. It's also pretty close to home because my cat Nugget, I'm going to shamelessly uh, talk about this. My cat Nugget had a disease called FIP. Um, if you're not familiar with FIP, it's basically a death sentence for cats. And the kindest thing you can do is euthanize them. Um, but up in, so there's recent research um, on a drug called like GS-4415 something, blah, 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 blah. And it actually, it, it can cure FIP. And it's a really grueling process. Um, it takes um, on average six months um, it's an injection. So you're injecting your cat yourself. And unfortunately, it's also um, not accessible in the United States because the manufacturer in China has a patent on it so that the FDA here can't do research on it. Um, and so unfortunately, vets aren't able to recommend the treatment and they're not able to help with it because um, they could lose their license because it's not FDA approved. So it, end up, it ends up costing thousands upon thousands of dollars to treat your animal for it. Luckily, I, I did know about the treatment. So when he got diagnosed, I was able to um, do the treatment and he is cured. He's still alive. It's been about a year since then. So um, it's the craziest thing that a lot of people don't know about. Um, so I just want to say now, if you ever come in contact with a cat who's been diagnosed with FIP, tell them about the treatment. I met the most amazing people who helped me fundraise for it. And I was able to, I was able to pay it all um, a little out of my own pocket, but mostly, mostly through fundraising. And so the donating to animals in need, I donate to a lot of cats who have FIP, um, it, but it is just my way of paying it forward because um, I mean, my cat's alive, which is just, you know, the craziest thing. Cause he was literally, we were, I was told to take him home and then call back when I decided I wanted to euthanize him. Um, so hard. You no, know, he's alive and he runs and jumps and plays and is just the biggest ball of energy. And I, uh, anyways, it's the coolest thing. So yeah, I definitely, it's, if I'm going to read for animals, it just makes sense to me to, to pay it forward to animals. Well, that, I think that that is 
That is so beautiful. And I love that you do that. And I love that that's kind of your mission and your goal with tarot. And, you know, um, animals are truly our babies are, I have two cats and a dog and I love them so much. Like Rue is genuinely, we call her Evie's sister. She's my first baby and Apollo, um, I got Apollo, I got as a teeny tiny kitten. He was half feral from a farm and he uh, he loved me. I literally so small. He should not have been taken away from his family when he was. I don't know why this woman gave him to me. He was still like needing to nurse and drink milk. Oh, luckily baby. she did because the rest of the animal, the rest of his siblings got eaten like the next day. Wow. Yeah. So like I had this tiny baby, couldn't even put him down. He loved me. I took him to work with me, but we got him to be a friend for Rue who had terrible separation anxiety Um, after because she was surrendered to the humane society and then we adopted her Mm -hmm. Um, and she had a lot of issues with that now he hates me like could not i never did anything to him hates my guts can't can't go anywhere near him sometimes he graces me with his presence fucking cats am i right i would die for this cat and this cat would kill me (laughs) i would i would die because this cat murdered me in my sleep then we have another cat who's literally half dead she has that disease with cats where they do not create oil you know what i'm talking about like they cannot create their own oil so she has like no that's so interesting though she can't make her own. She doesn't have oil. So she's flaky. We got this cat because my sister couldn't take care of her anymore. So we took this cat because I couldn't stand the thought of like giving this cat away. So we have this yeah. cat. She flakes everywhere. I'm allergic as hell to her. Um, she's very tiny. My dad affectionately calls her the Charlie Brown Christmas tree of cats. Like nobody can see me, but like, I, <laughs> like she looks like she's a zombie like cat. Crunchy. That's so cute. I love that. She's our, like, they're our lives, our little mean as hell giant monster cat and the teeny tiny one that that is like a thread away from <laughs> you you need to film yourself doing this podcast sometimes because that is hilarious i wish you guys could see the pose she's doing but like i like it is it's a charlie brown christmas tree of cats pose that's the perfect way to describe it <laughs> <laughs> the caption is jacqueline Cr- <laughs> jacqueline crinkles herself up and moves all angled um it is a blessing. You guys cannot see me do this podcast for the majority of the time. I'm not typically hooked up to like a thing this nice. Usually I'm in bed, probably in a towel doing a face mask because I got out of the shower. Y'all don't want to see that. <laughs> so Bailey, I am shuffling right now. Are you ready? Let's this do it. Card we're going to talk about. Okay. It could literally be any card. This is exciting. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited and nervous because I was telling Jacqueline while she's shuffling, I'll say this. I was telling Jacqueline that the nice thing is that, um, 50% of what I know from tarot and what I've learned about tarot is from Jacqueline and her podcast and talking to her and being part of the Patreon and like communicating with people on there. And so it's, it's not going to be nice because, um, if I'm not really quite sure what to say, Jacqueline can just start talking and then things are going to pop into my head. So we'll be good. This is so funny. And actually, this is amazing. So we have, we're on episode 73. There are a couple episodes that haven't been on a card, but we probably only have like maybe seven to nine cards left in the tarot as a whole before we enter mm-hmm. the next stage, which I have planned the next stage of tarot teaching. And um, I'm very excited about that. But I genuinely thought like out of 78 cards, we've done the majority of them. I did not anticipate the fact that we're going to do one we have not covered yet. We're going to do the Ace of Swords. Is that not wild? Oh, yay! Statistics. I failed math. So I think it's it could be very impressive or somebody will email me later and tell me that like statistically it's not that crazy that that would happen. <laughs> you know, you do what you do. Um, I do know that Monique on our Patreon is going to be fucking bananas excited about going over another ace (laughs) (laughs) which makes me very happy so let's explain the card bailey do you want to explain the ace of swords to people yeah i'd love to while you're holding it up for me i'm gonna look i brought my deck up so i can look at it too so the ace of swords is this 
beautiful hand coming out of a cloud, which is the hand of source, as Jacqueline puts it. And it is holding a sword upright. On top of the sword is a beautiful gold crown. Oh, yeah. What I'm going to assume, correct me if I'm wrong, are laurel leaves coming sure, out of the Sure, you know the, the name of them. That's great. I would have said a plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, it's laurel leaves. Um, and then there are some mountains, which I love. Anytime I see mountains in a tarot card, how have I not come across the Ace of Swords in my deck yet? Um, all of us could be lucky enough to pull it out the first try. You know? Right? Oh, it's going to be the very last card. Oh, my. Okay, here it is. Um, so also falling from... Wait, hold up your card, Jacqueline. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought my card had something yours didn't, even though I have, like, the um, cheapest version of the Rider Waite Smith, Coleman Smith tarot deck I could find on Amazon. So some of my colors are a little <laughs> off. And some of my uh, things are like space weird on it, but it works. There's also, uh, it's is there, are they called yodes? They are called yodes, yeah, yes. There's also yodes coming down. So now that I can look at it closer on my card, I see that the two leaves on either side of the sword are actually, they appear to be different on my card, appear to be different plants. They are two different plants. I know nothing about them. So <laughs> I uh, kill every plant I've ever owned. I just, I literally same alive for a year and a half it just died so you and i are humans written in the same font like i truly believe that (laughs) i need access to that font i'm gonna make so many designs it'll just look (laughs) yeah that's exactly what's gonna look like exactly like my crunchy cat charlie brown christmas tree font all the letters just kind of drip down the page yes so that is a great description of the ace of swords can you tell me why the Ace of Swords has a crown on top of it? What's your best guess? Um, my best guess is, okay, so we know that aces are obviously, uh, typically they're drawn by Pamela Coleman-Smith to represent a gift from source of, the, yeah. of the theme of this suit. Um, so my, my assumption, first off, seeing the plants and the crown, would be that um, when we're given the sword, when we're given this thought, this opportunity to make a decision, this opportunity to think a certain way, um, to organize our mental health, things like that. Um, upon mastery of that, it's there, it is a successful feeling, and there is a lot of success with that, and it's it allows us to kind of progress on our journey. That would be my first thought. I love that. I was not going to say that, but that's genius. Yes, it is that. <laughs> it is very much so. Swords comes before um, pentacles, right? So mm-hmm. the swords is kind of that culmination of working with instinct, desire, and emotional things, and then kind of sorting them out and analyzing them, almost like an Excel spreadsheet of your brain, if you will. The suit. I love that. That makes me so happy. I love Excel spreadsheets. I don't know how to use them, but that's what it, which is, I have mental health problems. So, you know, same thing. Uh, <laughs> but um, I love what you said about that, about the fact that crowning something, like crowning yourself, crowning your thoughts. So I think the crown, I think one, I'm pinning that for later because that's a really good point. And I want to get into that when we get talk about the ace and like how it conjuncts, conjoins um, Venn diagrams with entering the court cards. The crown on top of, I don't know how to talk. <laughs> so, how it relates. I think the word you're looking for between Venn diagram and conjoints. How it relates. Is conjoints a word? Conjoints? No. Listen, 50% of the words that I say aren't real. Gabe calls them Jackieisms. He will literally be like, "Do you know this is not a word?" And I'll be like, "Yes, it sounds, it sounds it, it fun. felt good. Felt good in my soul." And I all said, words, it. "All words weren't words before someone decided they were words." Yeah. So it, it is on the crown is on top of it because the crown sits on your head, and the suit of swords all takes place 
in your head. Oh, that's even cuter. I will say something that I love about Jacqueline um, and how she continually challenges me to learn tarot is I never, ever, ever, ever take the cards literally. Like I am always wanting some beautiful, grand, universal, deeper meaning to the card. And sometimes I send a card to Jacqueline and I'm like, tell me, tell me what you think this is. She's like, well, there's animals on it. I'm a vet tech. I work in animal welfare as a vet tech. And she'll be like, there's animals on it. And um, so how how are things going at work? I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't even even think about that. I love how literally, because sometimes you really do. Sometimes tarot is so literal, it hurts. And I love that. I do love the idea. The crown sits on your head and we're talking about our head and our thoughts. Etc. Yes. yes. And um, Pamela Clement Smith, I mean, I need to do an, an entire, it, it is actually, it is, I was thinking about this. It is actually inappropriate that I talk so much about her and have never done an episode specifically on her. So I like, honestly, at this point, I should have that's on me. So I need to do that. And then I need to do so I'm going to do a history of tarot podcast down the line. And then immediately after that, I'm going to talk about Pamela Coleman Smith and the Smith Rider weight deck and that history, because that's on me. I should have done that already. I like my entire podcast is influenced by her herself. So my bad. But the Ace of Swords um, cards can be taken very, very literally. I mean, that's why she jam packed all of those symbols in on it. And sometimes when it shows up in reverse, the the most common question I get is when uh, people are like, hey, I got this card in reverse. What does a reversal mean? And I'm like, honestly, for me, sometimes the reversal is like an acknowledgement and a head nod to me that the card or my source or whatever it is wants me to look at the card itself and think about it literally. And I think the card you were talking about was you got the reverse world. So I was like, or the world in reverse. So I was like, uh, well, animals, how's that going? <laughs> and that's how that hit. But yeah, so reversals are very intricate or, or sometimes reversals are very complex and sometimes they are very like, literally just, look at the, just look at the card. I have boiled <laughs> that's reversals down to typically mean one of three things. Yes, sometimes they are the opposite meaning of the card. I've definitely had reversal show up where I feel like it's the opposite of the upright meaning. More often than not, I have reversals come up because it's like an amplification of the upright meaning. Like the same thing what you were saying, where like universe is really just like, like, look at this, look at this. We're really feeling this. And then other times, and I think I stole this from you, Jacqueline, it's just universe wanting you to look at the card in a different way. Because we all associate meanings with cards. And then, but we have to understand that even that, though that's what it meant for us in our life, that's not always what it's going to mean. And you're going to pull it, another time in your life and it's going to mean a completely different thing absolutely that doesn't relate no it's great it it is all i'm actually going to ask you in a minute while we're talking about how we read things how do you read the ace of swords when you pull this card like for yourself or in a reading for others how does that hit you and yeah how does that hit you like what's your immediate thought Okay, I'm going to start with with myself because with others i kind of read i read very differently for myself and others and maybe I shouldn't, but uh, I do. If I were to pull the Ace of Swords just for myself, like let's just say it's the, my, I'm shuffling my cards in the morning. I'm about to go to work. I pull out a card. It's the Ace of Swords. Um, my first feeling is excitement. Honestly, anytime I pull an Ace, I get really excited um, because it is, it's a beginning and it's a gift. And um, it's not always a big grand gift. Sometimes it can just be a little gift. Um, but as someone who struggles with mental health, and um, has struggled with mental health the majority of my life. If I were to pull the Ace of Swords, I'm just gonna get really excited because for me, that's something that I'm learning in the way I think to help me. Like that's something that I'm learning in the way that I also can communicate with others too, that's ultimately going to help my my journey. 
I love that. The the Ace of Swords, and I and I agree, it's the same kind of thing when I pull it. The Ace of Swords, I want to focus in before I spread out on what you said, because what you said is incredibly, one, it's like very correct, very accurate. And I want to expand on that in regards to the symbology of the card too. So the sword, a sword is a double-edged a weapon. That's a sword. And I am a professional. And it's balanced. They are made, a professional sword is made to be you know like and it's like supposed to like fit your arm length it's supposed to like be determined on like what hand you use like typically people who are like sword master sword sword people um again i am a professional uh they you build a sword basically tailored to the individual so that it's very well balanced and you have a better chance of like doing what you need to do in battle which is flesh wounding people that's a monty python reference um the ace of swords is meant to represent excalibur do you know excalibur i should um i know bits and pieces i took instead of an english class my senior year of high school i took a ancient and modern mythology class so i don't remember anything but i remember learning it i remember it was brought up Yes. Well, a lady in the lake clad in her cloak of mystery. This is another Muddy Python reference. That's for like three of you on this that listen to this whole thing. So Excalibur is the sword of truth. Pulling Excalibur from the stone is supposed to um, it's supposed to like make you an honest, clear, wise leader. Throughout the tarot, we see swords. We see, obviously, in the court cards of the suit of swords, but we see them in the knights as well. We see them occasionally in the major arcana and swords are there to represent truth dignity um knighthood and knighthood is something that you take like you take a vow like some of them took a take a vow of like they they remain chaste or these are people who <clears throat> are sent out on holy crusades they are sent out on you're supposed to like go out and fight for the word of god uh now obviously with tarot we're not specifically talking about a christian god here but we are talking about when we get the ace of swords we're supposed to remember that we are a thing worth fighting for our mind is specifically tailored to us we are meant to hug that balance, like we like we were talking about the Four of Swords earlier. We're meant to hug and find that balance. We're meant to keep those swords close to us and familiarize ourselves with them, not be afraid of our thoughts and our feelings or those things that come. Because here's the deal. Happiness and sadness, they're the same thing. Love and hate. They're the same thing. It's a double-edged sword. So when you're given the gift of an ace of swords, you are literally being given this gift of you will feel happiness and joy as often as you feel anger and sadness or as often as you feel regret and fear. How do you keep those two things? How do you align those two things? How do you keep those two things close to you? How do you keep it from cutting you? And how do you use the sword to cut down things in your way to help you do better on this path or this crusade or whatever else? What are your thoughts on that? I just monologued like Mike Flanagan. I, and I was trying not to go like, yes, amen. Cause I don't want the audio to cut out. I was trying not to talk over you, but yes, 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 yes. Everything you said, yes. I love, um, if, if you're okay with this, I'm going to give a little cap. I told Jacqueline last night when we were talking that I um, have been thinking about the Four of Swords a lot this week. I pulled it and my thing with the Four of Swords when I pulled it and I was like, okay, what what is this meaning for me right now? The thought that I had was that even if you have an unkind thought to yourself or a thought that you don't like or a bad thought, let it be a thought. Don't put any more value on it. Lay down with that sword, lay down with that thought and just rest with it and let it come in and let it do what it needs to do and let it leave. And you're going to find that that thought is so much easier to critique, to master, to, to get out of your system 
when you just rest with it and you love it. And so I've been having a mental image all week of, of like, anytime I do start to get like really overwhelmed or upset, like I picture myself hugging four swords without getting hurt because and like laying down with them. So that's what, that's what Jacqueline meant when she was like referencing when we were talking about the four of swords. And then what I love about what you were saying, like happy, sad, it's the same sword. Um, and you kind of touched on this, but happiness and sadness can both like cut you or help you. You know, they can both, it's an emotion happiness that's neither good nor bad. Because if you're looking at it through a stereotypically good lens, yeah, happiness can bring you a lot of things. And if you're looking at it through a stereotypical bad lens, happiness can go so far to lead to like uh, manic episodes and mania and things. And so I love what you said, like they're on the same sword and we can't label that. Like it is, it is what it is. It's just a sword. It's just a thought. There's no label to it. And, and that's yeah. a gift. Disney's inside out. One of the things that when I'm talking about the suit of swords that I like, I'll say like, you know, if you want a really good example of the suit of swords or a journey through the suit of swords, Disney's inside out from Pixar. Perfect example at the end, you know, when they're making these core memories or they're going over these core memories, you have them where they're equal parts happiness and equal parts sadness. You can't, you know, like, let's say my Nana just passed away and that's a very sad thing. So I have all these amazing memories with her. Like I remember we used to bake pumpkin pies all the time and we would just throw flour around this woman's kitchen. And she was a saint because when I say we threw flour around, I mean, it looked like a bag of flour had exploded in this room. And, um, and um, now I look back and that happy memory that was happy when she's alive is now tinged with that sadness because she's not here. And that's, and that's a sword, right? Like, one end is that happiness and the other side is that sadness, but that sadness just means that you cared mm-hmm. and you, and, and they, and those things go together. And in the Ace of Swords, you know, it's, it's crowned with these wreaths, with these, with these leaves of things that are like, your mind can grow and it can kill. It can, you know, when you're talking about things like mental health, like a sword is a deadly weapon. It's not just a symbol for truth and clarity and epiphany and wisdom and leadership. It's also a, it's a literal weapon. Our words are weapons. <clears throat> Another really good example for, I have a deck that uses, that makes the Ace of Sword. It's a pen, like a fountain quill pen. And there's a line, um, one of my favorite uh, albums is called uh, Vessel. It's a 21 Pilots album. I don't know if anyone is familiar mm-hmm. with them. I have that on vinyl. <laughs> just just the flex throw that flex out there oh right you I don't have it on vinyl I just listen to it and there's a song and I suffer from pretty extreme insomnia like and there's a in front because of anxiety and also I just have insomnia just like I own that but there's a song and it's um some see a pen I see a harpoon and that I feel like relates very very closely in the ace of swords because For some people, this sword is going to be, for some people, our minds are safe places. They are topped with crowns and they grow laurel leaves, wreaths, leaves. Um, They they have this ability to like really grow and make things better. And then for some of us, our mind isn't, it's not that. For some of us, our brains are literally trying to kill us. Um, And so, you know, the struggle through the Ace of Swords is figuring out how to take that sword and, and write it. So that we can have kind of this where we feel happiness, health in a healthy way and where we can tackle those harder emotions in a healthy way. Because the answer is not not feeling pain, not feeling fear, not feeling sadness. Those things are integral to the human experience. And they're all things that we I mean, they're the first things that happen to us in the suit of wands. 
all of that anger, that fear, that all of that is represented in the suit of wands. And then we work through all of that again in a much more heady analytical way in the suit of swords. I, I don't know if you noticed, I was looking something up on my phone and not because I wasn't listening to you, but there's a tarot deck I use pretty frequently <laughs> and it's the eight coins tattoo tarot. Um, <laughs> you know that one? I love that one. I just bought it for my recently on my birthday as a gift to myself. It's been like mainly what I've been using for my own readings. I feel like super connected to it. But the ace of swords imagery in that, if I can like just explain it real quick, you have this figure and um, it's just a head figure and their brain is exposed. So like it's a face and then it's like not unmorbidly cut down so that you, their brain is exposed. And then levitating above the brain is the crown and then the sword going up through the crown, like in the middle of their face. But when you were saying that, that image came to my mind because all I could remember with that image is that the figure doesn't look distressed. They don't look upset. They look very at peace and they look very calm. And I think that's what the Ace of Swords is giving us too. Like you were saying, like we can tackle any of these emotions peacefully. And no matter what happens to us, we're going to be at peace with it. Yeah. Um, that's a beautiful tarot deck and everybody should should look into it because I have really just like connected. It's the eight coin tarot tattoo. It's beautiful. So that brain in that pose is also a, I believe, a nod to phrenology. And phrenology is, so I want to start off by saying that phrenology was created and it has a lot of ties in both misogyny and racism. So I want to just say, I'm not like, yeah, we should all learn phrenology. But the idea, like the concept of phrenology is that um, you're mapping a brain. Like that, like the head shape and the way that a brain looks or the way that your head is shaped will tell you different things about a person. And I think that that's a very interesting symbolism for that deck because you are literally dealing with brain chemistry in the suit of swords. You're literally dealing with this makes this person happy. This person likes peas. This person does not like peas. This, the suit of swords is kind of this place where you really can like learn to communicate your likes and dislikes. Like this is my toddler right now, right? Like a, a really good like life example is my toddler is 20 months old and she is learning and learning or trying to communicate. So her brain is more matured than her tongue. And her little toddler brain wants to say things like, I don't want to do this. I want to color with crayons. I want to play with Play-Doh, but I want the purple color. But she can't say those things. So instead she tries really hard and then she freaks out. She has all these huge, big emotions. And that is in the suit of swords. The suit of swords is us slowly learning how to kind of wield those thoughts and that communication in a safe, healthy way so that those big emotions are, have a better ability to kind of be encapsulated. That's why we constantly see imagery in the suit of swords, at least in the Smith Rider weight, of people being blindfolded or surrounded by swords, like in the two and in the eight. Um, and that's kind of a reminder of like a lot of the stuff that's happening is only happening in you. Like it's happening inside you. Like the rest of the world doesn't exist. And this can speak to like, if you have anxiety and you text your friend and then they don't text you back for like a day and your instant and immediate thought is they must hate me. They, they fucking hate me. So then you have that anxiety, right? But that's just in you. Your friend is just like having a busy day. So the suit of swords is really like kind of this. Um, I love that they use like an open brain there because it is kind of like this study on like how humans kind of human. It's not just our instinctual animal bodies or that spiritual side that we explore in the cups. It's literally us making decisions and deciding how we're going to fucking do things. And that like blows my little sword mind. <laughs> that blows my sword. I, 
<laughs> now I have to mark this explicit. I was about to say that came out way more sexual than I wanted it to. <laughs> it was going to be explicit anyway. Um, don't edit that out, Gabe. That's gold right there. That's that's a, that's a real Baileyism. Any of my coworkers, if you guys are listening to this, they're all just going to roll their eyes. My uh, my like slogan at work is "Don't tell HR I said that" because I often say things <laughs> one as just a joke, and two, it comes out way way different than I intended it to. It literally. But, um, yeah, great. Now my HR rep is going to listen to this too. Um, I, do. I love the, I love, I've never once thought of the blindfolds being a symbol of like, Hey, take a deep breath. This is, this is about you. And this isn't about not everything is crashing down. Like this is in, in your head and not in a condescending, like you're being so dumb. This is in your head. You're you're manipulating the situation. You're making yourself a victim. Not in that really rude way, but in a very calm and comforting way. As Tara is always always shows up to uh, as as a realistic but loving way to look at ourselves. Like it's it's in your head. This isn't a reality. That does not to say that your feelings aren't valid because we like you say we've already explored our feelings in the cups. We understand our feelings. We know they're valid. But this is something that is just dealing with you. I love the thought of a blindfold like that. Because it's all about, you know, the, the it's, it's also about like seeing and interpreting. So when we're not seeing something and all we have is our heads to interpret it, we lose a lot of, we can lose a lot of context, right? It's almost mm-hmm. like reading a text, but not being able to see that person. It's context. Or like at the start of this podcast, Gabe originally had my microphone set up like this. And I was like, that that if anything is going to make somebody more nervous to be on a podcast it's going to be literally not seeing my face or being able to see like my emotions and so you lower that down and that's a really good kind of like microcosm example or facet example of the two and the eight of swords in a specific way because it is so much about like who are you when nobody's seeing you or you're not seeing anybody else like who are you internally and i just had a conversation with a friend And I feel like this was an ace of swords moment, right? Because we all can like hand people things or I'm talking to her and I'm talking about my family. I have a really difficult family. Um, There's like a lot of a lot of stuff that's happened that we as humans have to navigate now as adults. And we don't really work well doing that together. So I'm in a constant state of self-reflection, right? Like for me, it's almost like I'm stuck in the two in the eight, like blindfolded and I can't get out of my head where it's like. I start blaming me. Like I must be the problem. I must be the one that's in the wrong. I must be the one that's causing all these issues. When in reality, if I just kind of stopped, like it is kind of that victim mentality, right? The suit of swords is really, because again, like, are you the one getting, (laughs) are you the one getting stabbed or are you doing the stabbing? That was a top or bottom reference. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like, so that's another facet of the, of the suit of swords. Like when you're looking at like reversals, or you're looking at uprights, like, are you being given the sword? Are you giving somebody else good advice? Like the Ace of Swords is really good for podcasting because you're kind of just like hoping to give like epiphanies and clarity, um, how people can use that so that they can wield their own swords or so that they can more firmly tailor their, you know, reading of cards to their style. I can't, Bailey, you take it. So how do you feel about that? I what's funny though is I followed exactly what you're saying I know exactly what you're saying the ace of swords could also I now correct me if I'm wrong but I believe what you were trying to say is the ace of swords can also be a moment for us to give a new thought a new wisdom to somebody else and to maybe not be so wrapped up in ourselves to understand that you know what we say what we do is affecting is affecting more than just us 
Yeah. Is that what you were trying to say, Jacqueline? Because that, yes, that's how you. I took it as. And that can be like a very beautiful thing. Because if we have, I think especially um, there's I, our society currently, the way I view it can be very polarizing when it comes to giving advice and sharing information. Everyone either feels completely entitled to say their opinion because we have a plot. Everyone can have a platform now on social media. And yep. I notice it like myself, like I'll post something on on my Instagram story that I think is just me sharing for those who follow me. Cause I do have a lot of like close friends who follow me and then someone will message me and give their opinion on it. And I'm like, Whoa, like yeah. you, that was so not at all me asking your advice or me asking your opinion. Um, but me posting it came across like that. So I understand it, you know? Um, so anyways, back to the whole polarizing thing, either people feel really entitled or people don't aren't comfortable at all to share their opinion because of that, because everyone does feel entitled to like give something. And so I think the Ace of Swords can be a reminder that what you, your thoughts and what you have to say are, are important. And not only are they important, but you're allowed to uh, share them and someone is allowed to um, not agree with you to disagree with you. And you're allowed to still agree with yourself and you guys can agree to disagree on certain topics. Obviously we all know that there are some topics that, you know, that are yeah. more polarizing than that. But just because someone may disagree with you doesn't mean that that crown on top of your sword is going to fall off. Yeah, well, it's, it's all about it. It is. And there's also, and I talk about this a lot in regards to the suit of swords, and it's because I grew up religious. Bailey, you did too. So you'll probably um, let me know if like, you know this. Uh, it's not a parable. It's a story. And it's about King Solomon. And I've said this a mm -hmm. couple of times on the podcast where he is king. God says, hey, I'm going to give you a gift. He says, I choose wisdom. Thank you. God sends him two women who are fighting over a baby. They're both like that baby's mine. Solomon says to himself, I know how to solve this. We'll cut the baby in half. And then one mom is like, please don't do that. Just give her the baby. Do not cut that baby in half. And the other mom is like, cut it. I'll take the top. Um, so, you know, those <laughs> things are like, when you're talking about, you know, wisdom, there's two, there's fairness and then there's wisdom right? Like, and those two do not always correlate. And that is our mission through the suit of swords. It's like also deciding, do I vocalize this? Do I not? What is fair versus what is right? Because sometimes what's fair is not what is right. And what's mm -hmm. right is not always going to be fair. You know, like student loan forgiveness. That's a really good example of this kind of phenomenon in regards to what we're going to do with that. Like, um, you know, so I would assume that like, while the administration that we have right now is talking through that process of, student loan forgiveness and whatnot, their idea is like, of course, you've got one argument that's like, I just paid mine off. How dare other people be able to just have theirs forgiven? And then the people who are like struggling, like who have deferred their student loan payments since they went to college. Yes, you, me as well. Don't come for me, IRS. <laughs> and, um, you know, so <laughs> we're like, please, we can't buy houses. We would like to live in a home. We can't afford that. So we can't afford to be paying back thousands and thousands of dollars in literally just interest so that we are never able to pay off our student loans. So and that's a that's a really perfect example of what's right isn't always fair and what's fair isn't always right. And it, that takes wisdom to figure that out, which is Excalibur, right? This is somebody being crowned. Excalibur is about when the person who pulled it out, Arthur, who pulled it out, when he pulls it out, he became king. Because now he was gifted with wisdom. It's a it's a very like loose reference to kind of that biblical story of King Solomon having that wisdom and now having to learn how to wield it both fairly, but also understanding that swords are a righteous weapon and that we need to use them righteously. 
And our brains are that. Our brains are swords. Our brains can protect, defend. They can kill. They can be sharp. They can miss the mark. Um, the amount of times that I try to say something to somebody in an argument or when I'm trying to communicate, I'm a non-confrontational person and I get very anxious about every, everything. So it is very, um, the suit of swords I spend a lot of time in. I pull that a lot for myself because I don't, I desperately don't want to be misunderstood. I rely on the power of the ace a lot to be able to help kind of guide me into say, being composed enough to say the right things without upsetting someone or instigating their defensiveness. <clears throat> I said that all in two breaths. <laughs> yeah, I see. I That's funny because I feel like I'm the same way, but different. <laughs> which is which is not a contradiction. Oh yeah. Because I am very confrontational. I have no issue. I have no issue talking to people. But then that can be very difficult because I would say the majority of the world is pretty non-confrontational. And so I come across as anything I say, because I don't have a problem just being honest and upright, anything I say comes across very um abrasive and very aggressive when that's not the intention at all. And so I tend to get, and that's something I've learned, I would say in my younger years when I I didn't realize that I was always, I was just like, everyone else sucks. Cause like, I can, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not trying to be aggressive. I'm not being mean. Like, why does everyone think I'm so mean? But as I've like grown more self-aware now I'm very, I'm confrontational. I have no issue engaging in those conversations, but then the anxiety kicks in up. I don't want to be interpreted as mean. I don't want to be interpreted as aggressive because <laughs> I'm really not an aggressive person. And so then the anxiety kicks in of, I can't, I get too anxious to actually communicate what's on my mind and communicate how I feel because I yeah. don't want to come across as, but the ace of swords is there to remind me that if I do say something and the other person does interpret it as a, as aggression um, or a, like abrasiveness, like what I said was still valid and it's still true to how I feel. And not only that, I have the gift of being able to say, I'm sorry that I didn't mean that came across very aggressively um, and know that that's not my intention. Like, I'm sorry if that's how that made you feel, yeah. you know? I love that. I, I feel like the Ace of Swords, um, I want to, and I want to ask you um, one other thing. I want to, so I want to say one more thing on the Ace of Swords. I want to hear if you have anything else. And then I want you to talk to us about how you would read this in a reading if you pulled it for, for a pet or for one of your cats. Okay. So when we are, to kind of summarize, when we are pulling the Ace of Swords, we are really, or when we pull it for ourselves in a reading, we are literally pulling a sword out of a stone. Like imagine like the ace of swords is you, you're now, you now have a sword. <laughs> what are you, what are you fighting for? What, what are you searching for clarity on? What is your, what is a desire you have for yourself internally? Like what do you, what are your wants and your desires and how are you going to strategically get those things and work through them? Um, it's an, it's an encouragement to think more. And one of the things, and I think this fits in really well to the card that you've had on your mind this last, you know, this last week, the four of swords is that in the four of cups, we see the hand of source coming in with a cup. Imagine that in the four of swords in the Smith Rider weight deck, it is a person and they are sleeping on a bed of three swords. And above them, now the Fey Hand of Source is not ink like we see in the Four of Cups, but it is that fourth sword above you. And it is that ace. That ace is hanging over you. So yes, you have previous thoughts. Yes, you've had previous ideas. Yes, you have had previous struggles. You have other things that you are resting on. There is always going to be clarity above you. That card is an encouragement 
to sleep, to get rest, to settle your thoughts, to honor them, like you said earlier, Bailey. And it's also a reminder that when you're in the Four of Swords and you're laying down on your swords and you're having a moment of, this is my cross to bear, these are my swords, that fourth one's just kind of over you. Like, when you wake up, you're going to hit your head on me. And I'm, and I'm going to be there. There's mental peace and clarity that comes with settling into yourself. And that is really, I think, kind of the meat and the gift of the Ace of Swords when I see it. Thoughts, Bailey? My thought is so not profound. I just want to be like, that's so cute. Like, I love that. No, like, that's that's very endearing and comforting and adorable and cute. Like, yes, lay with your thoughts. Lay with your past. Let it be there. It's not leaving. But when you wake up, you're, you're smacking your head on a new gift, baby. It's coming for you. Oh, yeah. No, there's so much. You know, it's the same. It's the same concept of having a nightmare. This happened to me the other night. I've been watching the Midnight Midnight Club. Mm. Midnight Club on Netflix. I love scary movies. And this is a spooky TV show. And it's all about um, kids, teenagers with terminal illnesses. Most of them have cancer. And they all live in this like hospice house. And they kind of like uh, it's based off of a Christopher Pike series, which I loved Christopher Pike growing up. I loved his horror novels. And they're all based off of different stories of his. These kids come together and they all tell a story every night that they've written in their head. It's a very it's also like based off of like Mary Shelley and how she wrote Frankenstein, um, which so badass. I'll talk about that a different day. But um, I had this nightmare that I had like because I've been really sick and in and out of the emergency room oh, like a ton. So I had this dream that culminated with that of like I got diagnosed with cancer and I had this dream where I was like worried and like dying and nobody could help me. So I was just living and waiting and like worried. And I woke up and I normally that's where your nightmare ends, but I kept falling back into the stream. And it's because I like could not sit. I could not give myself enough time to rest. Like I wanted to just get over the nightmare. I wanted to just get over it. I didn't give myself enough time to like get up, like go get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, separate myself from those swords, separate myself from that nightmare and go get something so that I could provide my body with enough space and clarity to come back and then go to sleep and then not be doing the same nightmare and having the same fears and having the same whatever over and over and over again. Kind of like hitting my head on that fourth sword, if you will. Sometimes it literally takes sitting, like laying with mm-hmm. the stuff and then sitting up and getting out of bed. Um, with that in mind, Bailey, if you to close up to close up this, I want to know um, if you pulled this in a reading for one of your cats or for one of your clients whose pet you were reading for. What would you What would you say? I know you do the series on Instagram where you do reels of what I would yeah. how I would interpret this for your pet. I think that's a super cool thing, and I want I'm going to make you do it now. Yeah. So uh, a few different things. First off, I will say when I read for pets, very dependent on the pet. Sometimes um, the spread is all about the pet. And we're and then sometimes I really do feel like the pets are coming forward and being like, hey, but since like they're ordering a reading for me, let me give my two cents on their life right now, which is very endearing. And it just like reminds you that like our pets energies are are so much more profound than we may realize and so much more connected to ours. Um, So my first thought was I could see the Ace of Swords actually coming up for my cat Pickle and the fact that that when I adopted Pickle and she came with all of her, um, all all of her struggles, her her previous struggles that I'm never really going to know what happened. um, She ignited in me a new way of thinking. And because of Pickle, that's why I got involved in animal welfare and um, started this crazy yet beautiful insane journey that has been the hardest thing I've ever done but I wouldn't trade a single second of it for anything 
Um, this card would represent Pickle because for me, she was my ace of swords. She she stepped forward. Um, in fact, I think she I think the very first time I ever did a reading for her, I, the Queen of Swords came up, and that felt so right to me that she's my that. Queen of Swords. Like she she came forward and she ignited this new way of thinking. Um, I could also see this coming up if you have like a teenage quote unquote teenage pet who like is coming out of their puppy years and into their adult dog years. They're they're thinking in new ways. Um, and they're, they're learning new things. Uh, I could see this coming up in an animal. Maybe you've done a lot of training with, um, and it's coming up as an acknowledgement that yes, like they, they understand the training they're taking it and they're, they're running with it. They're learning new things. Um, maybe even could come up for a pet that needs a little bit of training. Maybe you're struggling with what exactly to do. And you don't maybe realize that there is a very specific training sequence you can do with your pet. The ace of swords is going to come up and say, Hey, there's a new way of thinking about this. There's a new way that can make life easier for you and your pet. Um, that's what's coming to my mind first off for it representing a pet. Um, the spread that I do typically, my typical three card spread, um, and it varies, but it basically the first card is going to represent your pet. The second card is going to represent um, what they currently need. And then the third card is either a message about what they currently need, a message to you. It's really just a message in general. Mm -hmm. um, so if like, if this came up about what they need, I would, I would think maybe they, they need you to think of new ways or they need you to stay true to your thoughts about them. Um, although people may be telling you something else. Um, it's really going to be dependent on the energy I feel from your pet. But those are kind of just my initial thoughts that come through. I love that. And I love I, I love that you do this series of this is how I would interpret this for you, because it does really give a really good insight into how you read how much work you've done with the cards in general. One of the things that really, I think, just impresses me about you as a reader is that you ask questions. I think, like, the best thing, like, you ask questions, you want answers, you want different points of view. And, like, you asked me to share a reading at one point of your thing. Like, a lot of readers wouldn't do that. But you are so in tune to... <laughs> Just all of these different points of views. And I think it's because you're literally, you do work with beings that can't speak for themselves. You are literally a voice for them. You're giving them a voice they may not have, like they've had voices, but you're kind of helping like give a voice that is understandable to humans. And that is a very, I mean, that's also kind of a queen of swords, badass energy as well. And so I love that you do the series and I love how, I love that that's how you would read uh, for, it's very interesting because it relates a lot Um like my dog Rue, she is five. We've had her for five years. We're not really sure how old she was when we adopted her, maybe like between six and nine months, just knowing how she's changed now. And um, we don't know what her roles were, what her life was like, but she was surrendered three days before Christmas. And then we got her the 30th of December. So she had a lot of, she still has a lot of stuff that we have to figure out. And we've had to learn how to do things differently. Um, so this is a card that probably would have come up with her. Like we, we had to, like, I did not want to get a crate. I did not want to crate train Rue. That just like, wasn't for me. I didn't like it. I didn't, but we would leave her home or leave her with a baby gate and we would come home and the whole house is, was decimated, like destroyed. Like she had eaten like blankets and a deck of my tarot cards, <laughs> just like everything. I have a video somewhere of just like me videoing like the whole house and showing Gabe and being like, this dog destroyed our life. Um, and like, we loved her. We did not, but like, we had to decide what we're going to do. So we tried baby gates. Didn't work. We tried a bunch of different things. And finally we got her a crate. 
she loved that fucking crate. It was like a big one, but she would go in it when we left. She would go in it when it rained or when there was thunderstorm. And that's eventually why we got her Apollo because we had longer work hours and we didn't feel comfortable leaving her in a crate for longer than like a four hour time period. So we got Apollo. We did something different. We knew that she had a need. She had a need. One day I was like, what if we, are we in a place to get her a friend? And we went and we got Apollo who loved that cat to death. And once again, would eat me if I died. No second thoughts. <laughs> like if I just dropped dead, would 100% consume me. Um, Good, yes, finally. A real finally. meal. She's done something <laughs> useful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, so I love, I love that. And I love that that's how you would read that for your pets. And I, um, I'm going to have you, I keep knocking this thing. Gabe's going to kill me. I'm going to have you on so you could do the collective reading for me, but I want to get, I want to make sure like, do you have any other thoughts on the, on the Ace of Swords before we move on to the silly song part of the podcast? Oh, Larry's, Jacqueline, we should exclusively sing the collective reading for Larry's silly songs, the, the, our Veggie Tales bond. Um, no, yeah. I don't have any other thoughts on the Ace of Swords, but can I give us a shameless self-promotion? Of course you can. And I'll also have your Instagram handle in the show notes. Okay. That's what I was going to say. If anyone is interested in, in watching that, that real series that we were just talking about, about how I'd interpret it or wants to reach out. I spell my name weird. I'm so sorry. It wasn't my choice. I've asked my parents multiple times why they ruined my life by spelling my name like this, but my name is Bailey and it's B B A Y L E E. So it's phonetically correct. So like Bay and then Lee, and then there's a period, and then and C-O. So it's Bailey and Co. Um, but Bailey and Co without the period was taken. So I had to put the period in there. So I apologize for that too. But um, that's my Instagram if you want to go watch that that uh, series Jacqueline and I were talking about. Yeah, and if um, you can literally just scroll into the liner notes, which is if you just like scroll like on the Apple thing or the Spotify thing, you'll be able to see the notes of the podcast and I'll link Bailey's profile there. So you can tap it and go talk to her because she's truly amazing. Um, Thank you for all of your thoughts on the Ace of Swords. I genuinely, I loved what you had to say at the beginning when you were talking about what the crown meant to you and about everything about like bringing into the conversation because you did like the victim versus like martyrdom versus survivor or defender mentality. It's genius. Because it is that way. Swords are, it's like a car, right? A car is a vehicle that you need because it gets you to work. It gets you where you need to go. But you're also driving something that could hurt people. You're also literally driving a weapon. And so when you're looking at swords and you're thinking about that crown, you are responsible for how you use that sword. You solely are responsible for it. And I love that you said that. And that has deepened the meaning for me, just even outside, you know, just outside of the symbology there. And I love that. And thank you so much for giving us all that insight thank you I feel so special thanks Jacqueline thanks for having me on I I when Jacqueline first invited me I told her you're gonna regret this but you've already extended the invitation so sorry I'm (laughs) doing it like I feel very honored to be on the podcast thank you so much oh my gosh thank you I'm so happy you agreed to do it I I love you so much I love talking to you I really do like I feel like we are very similar and we are in a lot of ways. So I was very excited to get to talk to you on the podcast. Um, the way that you talk about cards in general, because we got to sit down for one of the AMAs. It was just you and me. And we got to mm-hmm. talk for like, it was like, I think it ended up being like close to an hour and 20 hour and 30 minutes. And just like, you have a lot to say in the cards and you are, your knowledge of them and your, how you connect with them is way, what's the word for this? 
Virgo. It's way better and deeper. <laughs> Analytical. It's it's Analytical. way too much. <laughs> no, it's not. But like that's the thing. That's what makes a good reader, and it's what makes you a really good reader. Is that like you are you are so open to asking questions and to learning, and that's gonna help you infinitely as like cards change and their meaning evolves. Like you're not afraid and you're not ashamed to be like, I don't know this one. I need to figure it out. What's this and that and just even like you being able to pinpoint, this is what it meant for me before. I don't know what it means for me now. Like that makes you a kick-ass reader. And it was one of the reasons like I, like other than the fact that I just really think you're cool and I like you, like I, it's one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast. I just think your insight is really, really profound on the cards. So thank you for that. And thank Thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you. I'm really bad with compliments, but thank you so much. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, as you all know, this is the part of the podcast where I make Bailey sing a little song while I shuffle and pull a card for the collective reading. It's gonna be the collective reading. Don't you want to know how you'll feel this week? But maybe you won't. Maybe it's just the universal energy around you. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll feel just like this card. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Thank you very much. Is- up, that was better. Like, listen, that is the best. I have had people, you've listened to podcasts. I'll be like, yeah, can you do like a drum roll? And like my friends are like, okay. <laughs> Don't make me do I, I have a, I have a, that was my musical theater. That was my musical theater background coming through. Any chance to shine? I'm oh, here. Yeah. We also <laughs> both did improv. We were both musical theater yes. people. Mm-hmm. Like, honest to God, like you are Utah. You are Utah me and I am Nashville you. It's the funny. <laughs> that is the best compliment you've given me this whole podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, just, I just insulted you comparing you to me. No, no, no. It's the best compliment ever. I'm fucking dead. Um, <laughs> are you ready for the collective reading? I'm excited. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna show you, and then I want to get your insights, and then I'll kind of say what I hear too. Uh, we are the reverse four of cups. So we're in, we're in fours. Yes, yeah, so fascinating because you even brought up the four of cups briefly when we were talking about four of swords. Oh yeah, I did. Look at that. Okay. Universe. So I guess my my first thought. Wait, did you wanted me to share my thought, right? Share your thoughts on the collective. Okay. Yeah. I, I started talking then and got like anxious. That wasn't what you wanted. <laughs> um, <laughs> my first thought with the reverse four of swords, I don't think it's a reversal in the sense that we need to be like nervous about it or anything. I think it's a reversal in the sense of exactly what you were talking about. Universe is saying, let's really stop. Let's really evaluate this and really think about what it is. So um, I guess my first thought with, with four of cups is what is being handed to us right now? that is hard to accept, that is scary to accept, um, but that we really need to take a look at so that we as a society can progress. Or even if it's just the collective reading because this is something very personal to you, what is what is kind of terrifying that's being handed to us? Because remember, scary doesn't always mean bad. I was very scared to come on this podcast, but I'm very glad I did. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm a generally very anxious person. I play it off well because I'm loud. Um, but I... <laughs> described like that but that is exactly how I would describe that yes okay loudness is confidence you guys yeah so I what what is being what is being presented to us what that we that may be um hard to get hard to hard to feel hard to accept but is going to eventually help us progress 
I love that. And actually it kind of ties in. I forgot at the top of the podcast because I was so excited to introduce you to talk about anything that's happening in the world. So I'm going to hit a moment here because this is the collective reading in that we have an escalation of war in Ukraine. I think I may have talked last week about the fact that they like the the bridge that connected Crimea to Russia got boomed, like exploded. It's not there anymore, which, of course, now has Russia, you know, kind of uh, declaring it and declaring it an act of terror as if they did not invade this country first. Um, So, you know, you've got escalation there. You still have people unhoused and struggling with all of this loss that they're facing in regards to Hurricane Ian. Shoot, what was the other thing that I, what's the other newsy thing that's happening? There's so many things Um, happening. Iran. Oh, yes. I, yes, Iran. So thank you, Bailey. Thank you very much. I cannot believe I forgot how to like speak for a minute. Um, But all of the things happening in Iran where like nobody's even really talking about it anymore. And I believe that there was just a thing that happened with an Iranian prison um, where there may have been a fire or um, as well as like gun activity. So, you know, these are things that they are hard to see. They are hard to accept, hard to accept that they are happening. But it is one of those things where it doesn't go away if you those things don't go away if you don't see them. If you don't acknowledge them, they don't go away. It's the same thing on a much more micro level, because that is a pretty macro level thing, those current events. But on a micro level, you're right. Like you're going to have issues like let's say there's a you're anxious and you're uncomfortable and you can only deal with so many things. You only have so many spoons, but you have a thing that you have to get done and it's hanging over you and you know that you have to look at it and you don't want to look at it. Find a way to look at it. Find a way to get through that. For me, I am really bad at like making phone calls like right now i have three more pumps on my inhaler and i've spent this entire zoom call zoom call coughing my brains out because my lungs are full of fluid and will i go to the doctor no should i (laughs) yes um because it's scary it's like a scary thing and my anxiety prevents me from like caring enough about specifically something or caring enough about myself or my health to make to take the step forward to take that cup so you're right like on a micro level those things that you are not looking at or they're hard to look at, look at them, whether that's a bill, a doctor's appointment, a phone call, having to have a conversation with a friend, having to, you know, a really good example would be like you, you're in a relationship, you know, it's not working. It's just not for you. You need to deal with that. You need to kind of break that emotional tie, let that person know you're done or quitting a job. You need to let someone know that you're done. Um, but you, you're not ready to deal with that yet. So you kind of just leave it hanging there. Not dealing with the thing doesn't make it not there. It's still there. It's still like affecting that. you. Um, eventually, you're going to have to look up. And all that's going to happen is that that emotional turbulence is just going to keep filling. And that cup is just going to keep getting bigger. My arms are blooming like a flower until you look up and you deal with it. Um, so, yeah, I think just collectively this coming week, not just on a hey world news level, that's because it's very significantly important, but also on a personal level, all of those things that you're not ready to deal with yet. Make a plan. For yourself and for your spoons and for that energy to look up and kind of tackle that. Bailey, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. That what you said was beautiful. You're beautiful. Aw. Thank you. I didn't have to say anything. You complimented and responded for me. All of that. Perfect. Once again, very anxious, but very loud. I play it off well. Oh my gosh. Bailey, thank you for being on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for teaching me facets about both the collective reading and the Ace of Swords that I had not considered or thought of. I loved that, and I love your perspective. And thank you for letting me uh, harass you for 
I don't know how long this was, but thank you for letting me harass you. I very much appreciate it. Of course. And Gabe, you can edit this out, but hold on, Jacqueline. Can I take a picture of us over Zoom? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. That's so cute. All right. Perfect. I am literally Gabe Lee Vedden. Did you dare edit that out? And what I said about blowing my sword, don't you dare edit that out. This podcast has an explicit rating. It's because talk about oral sex. Um, I did the, like the first half of this podcast. I was like ten episodes in a row that I said the word penis, and at one point, Gabe was like, "You have to stop." He's like, "Listen, you cannot listen. keep talking about penises." And I said, "You mean peni?" And then, and then he went, and then you said, "Do you mean Hoff? And he went, "Teahoff." Oh my God! For the love of God, this man, this poor man. All right, so. Uh, if you like this podcast, rate, subscribe, and review, or don't. I don't know if you want to. Um, I'm really, but like it helps get the podcast out to people. So also, if you don't like it, rate your heart, but be kind to me. I am a fragile human being. I'm loud, but I'm fragile. Thank you, Bailey. Um, bye-bye. I bet you thought we were done, but we're Psych. not. Psych, Bailey's <laughs> back. So for the month of October, as people are sending me their ghost stories, I want to read them. But Bailey happened to be on the podcast and she has a really cool ghost story. Bailey, tell it. So it's extra cute to, to say it today because I is the eight year anniversary of my childhood cat, Tiger. I'm a huge cat lady. If you guys didn't figure that out, um, that came across really snotty. That was supposed to be a joke. But anyway, um, my it's the eight-year anniversary of my childhood cat who I had from ages one to 18. She passed away eight years ago today. So oh. this is super cute. But um, I'm obviously a crazy cat lady. Um, I did not live with my parents when I adopted my three cats. And then due to some pretty unfortunate circumstances in my life, um, I was unable to find housing that included my three cats. And my mom was like, not an option. No, you need your cats. Come live with me. And so we made some, we made some hard, hard decisions. And I, I currently live with my parents and it's such, it really is such a blessing. I, we talk about it frequently. Um, this has nothing to do with my ghost story. I love my parents. I I'm very grateful to live with them, but right when I moved in, I moved in last November. So 11 months ago, um, I, when I would get in bed, I would feel like a cat jump into bed with me, but I have three cats. And so sometimes I'd look up and one of my cats would be there, or sometimes I looked up and nothing would be there. But I kind of didn't think anything of it because I felt like I'm falling asleep. I'm starting to dream. I'm used to the feeling of a cat jumping up on my legs. Um, and that's like a comforting feeling for me too. So I kind of just assumed it was my mind playing tricks on me. And then recently, I want to say in like June, my dad said something. I overheard a conversation where he was like, yeah, ghost, ghost cat. And I was like, what? He was like, ghost cat. We have a ghost cat. And I was like, please explain to me. So apparently my, my parents also feel cats jump up on their bed um, when their door is shut and my cats aren't in the room. And not only that, um, they'll feel like a cat jump up on their bed and walk past them and their bed is up against the window. So walk past them and walk onto the windowsill. And I was like, how come you guys never told me that you feel that cat too? Because I feel her. I assume she's a girl because my first thought was that she was my childhood cat tiger. Um, but I no longer think that, and I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, and so my dad was like, yeah, we have had a ghost cat and I have been feeling them ever since you moved in with your three cats. Wow. So it's just the craziest thing. So I don't really know exactly who this cat is, um, but somehow my cat's energies woke them up. You literally so, collected a stray 
a, a spiritual stray. A spiritual stray. So my dad, the first time that they ever moved anything was my dad had gone up to use the restroom in the middle of the night and he came back to bed and he shut his door behind him and he got in bed and he felt a cat jump down from the window and run across his bed and step on top of his like back scratcher. He has one of those like long stems with the little curve up on it. It stepped on the curve. So the back scratcher flipped up and over and then it scared the cat and the cat ran down and ran to the door. So my dad was like, oh crap. When I got up to go to the bathroom, I left the door open. One of Bailey's cats came in and I just scared it. So my dad got up and he turned on his phone flashlight and he's looking around everywhere to see which cat it is. And he couldn't see anything. So he was like, that's weird. So he opened his door and he walked out to the living room and all three of my cats were asleep in the living room. And so that was the first weird experience we had. And then after that, Ghost Kitty decided they only liked my dad because my dad saw them all the time. Just like it looks like a black cat without eyes, though, like a, a shadow of a black cat. It's not like creepy, creepy without eyes. Like, there are no eyes in the no eyes. But just the fact that it's just a shadow. And so my dad was the only one that saw it. And then my parents, um, they have a cabin and they actually spend most of their time up at their cabin. And so one time when they were at the cabin and they weren't home, I had just woken up at like 5 a.m. to feed my cats because that's who I am. And we walked upstairs and we fed, I fed the cats, but one of my cats was still eating. And so I was walking down the stairs with my other two cats and we were all walking back downstairs and um, a, a third cat came. And because it was 5 a.m., regardless of the fact that it was like a shadow, I just assumed it was my third cat because it's 5 a.m. and I'm tired. But he's like very fluffy. And this cat very much looked like a short haired cat. And the cat ran past my cat pickle and cut her like cut her off. And she stopped and she's a very anxious animal. So she stopped and she backed up and that cat ran behind a curtain and then pickle calmed down and went and followed her. And then I was like, oh, that was that would must have been Nugget because he was still upstairs eating. But then I heard Nugget jump off of the counter and start running down the stairs. And I turned around and there was Nugget behind me. So it was Ghost Kitty just chilling with my cats. I've seen my cats chase no one. So I'm pretty sure they're playing with Ghost Kitty. And then recently my mom was home and I had the day off and she woke up and opened her door and I went and was like, what's up, mom? And she's like, I have been up since 4 a.m. because fucking Ghost Kitty was knocking things off of her dresser and her nightstand to try to get her to wake up so we don't really ghost kitty doesn't scare us they don't seem mean we don't really know who they are my mom thinks that it's like my like maybe like nuggets mom who died who i, I never knew i adopted all my cats as adults from so i don't really know anything about their past i think it's my childhood cat i initially thought that no longer do i because she was really my cat tiger was like my baby and so it doesn't make sense why she is chilling out my parents more. I kind of think that maybe it's just a spirit we have that chose to take the form of a cat because it feels so comfortable interacting with my cats. So I don't know. I kind of want to do a tarot reading on it um, to try to figure out who Ghost Kitty is. But I've only very, I, I've connected with a few cats that have passed when I do tarot readings for pets, but that is like intentionally trying to connect to their energy. So I don't know what it would be like because I don't know who Ghost Kitty is. So I can't, I feel like it's going to be a hard energy for me to like materialize and connect to. I but think yeah. you'll have to give us an update if you do a tarot reading um, for that. Yeah. Uh, that is the coolest thing. Um, how dare I get a phone call in the middle of this podcast? You shush. 
Sorry. Uh, you'll have to, if you do a tarot reading for it, please give me, could you just type me up an update or a voice message? Of, of, yeah, I guarantee you're going to be getting the spread, a picture and saying, what does this mean? <laughs> what does it mean? I, I love that TikTok has ruined me. Um, I love that. I love that story. I love the idea of little ghost animals taking care of you. I have um, a dog that he lived to be 20. His name was Moose. And he was my childhood dog, and I lost him in 2018, 2019. He was the best dog in the entire world. He was like a, he was a stable caretaker in a household where those didn't really exist. So he was very special. And when I moved in with my now husband, I think that's when my dog was like, okay, now it's time for me. It's now time for me. I remember it was my, I was there. I was dog sitting him. I had moved in with my husband into our new house and he knew, like, I think he finally knew like I was settled. And at that point, I remember he came up and he looked at me while I was dog sitting him. And I, he just gave me that look and I said, okay, yes, Moose. Um, if you, if it's time, if it's your time to let go, it's your time to let go. And he, he passed on the next day and, um, I feel him like all of the time, my sweet little Moose. So I love. I love stories about pet spirits because they are like, it's just these little like comfort. They're like, they're purely there to comfort you. They're not there to like, maybe there to give a message, but also there to be, to be comforting, to be a pet, to be, to be that kind of like, like to be there for the same reason that we have our pets and keep them close to us and love them. So I love that you have a little ghost kitty and I love that you shared this story. And thank you for coming back on after I hit stop recording. And I said to myself, wait, hey, Bailey, we have to record your ghost story. And then we got back on. Just when, I, just when you of thought course. you were going to escape me. <laughs> Never. I don't want to. I loved it. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share that. Absolutely. All right. Bye. <laughs>